0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another week of See It or Shove It. I'm your host, Greg, and I'm here to give you my thoughts on the latest movies playing in theaters and streaming on your TV. Also this week, I will bring you a new edition of Be Kind, Rewind, and Binge It or Singe It. For our featured movies this week, four ladies go to the Super Bowl in 80 for Brady, director M. Night Shyamalan answers The Knock at the Cabin, and Jennifer Lopez and Josh DeMel prepare for a shotgun wedding. Let's get started. First, when four friends win tickets to the Super Bowl, they get the trip of a lifetime. This is 80 for Brady. Let's go to the Super Bowl. Well, the Super Bowl is no place for four old women. This could be Tom's last one. He's almost 40. That's like 80 in people years. Yeah, we're 80 in people years. I just really need this trip. I can't believe we're actually here. Taking this one. He's cute. So you don't have any tickets? How much for four? Ten thousand. Ten thousand? Well, I have a twenty in my strap-on. That's a fanny pack. If you wear it like this, it's a strap-on. Wow. Legendary actresses Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, Sally Field, and Rita Moreno play Trish, Lou, Betty, and Mora, a group of girlfriends who are obsessed with football and Tom Brady. They have a superstition each Sunday during football season and believe that it is the key to the New England Patriots winning the Super Bowl in 2017. When a local radio station runs a contest to win tickets, they do what they can to win the tickets, which they appear to do. So it is off to the Super Bowl they go, where they have a weekend of their lives. When I saw the trailer for this, I predicted this would be a mild see-it And I give this film a full-fledged see-it. The trailer made this seem like it was going to be cliche nonsense about horny old ladies. In fact, I think that's how I referred to it. It was far from it. Other than Fonda's character, who writes erotic fan fiction about player Rob Gronkowski, but even that wasn't overdone. This film, inspired by a true story, was actually a touching tale on the gift of friendship, especially in your older years. There were many zany moments, and fortunately, when some of them were a bit groan-inducing, they moved quickly to the next scene before it got out of control. This was written by the same writers of the very good film Book Smart from a few years ago, and again here, the story is peppered with an excellent balance of humor and heart. You know, it isn't anything that's going to add any awards to the already full shelves of Fonda, Tomlin, Field, or Moreno. You know, not at all. But these four have a wonderful chemistry with each other and should make more films together. This really was a surprise at how much I liked it. It's very, very good. Next, a couple faces the decision of a lifetime with world consequences at stake. This is Knock got the Cabin. We're not here to hurt you, but you have to stay here in the cabin with us. Families throughout history have been chosen to make this decision. Your family must choose to willingly sacrifice one of the three of you to prevent the apocalypse. We're not sacrificing anyone. For every no you give us, hundreds of thousands of people are going to die. It's really happening. Uh, Speeder, close your eyes. Will you make a choice? While enjoying a nice vacation, a couple, played by Jonathan Groff and Ben Aldridge, take their daughter Wen away to a remote cabin. One day, while playing in a field, Wen is encountered by Leonard, a towering yet soft-spoken figure, played by Dave Bautista, who approaches her before eventually scaring her away when three other people show up. When she tells her parents about them, they begin to panic when they hear a knock at the cabin door. Leonard and his group, played by Rupert Grint, Abby Quinn, and Nikki Amuka Bird, forcefully break into the cabin and share that they have each had life-altering visions of an impending apocalypse. Armed with sharp weapons, they inform the couple that one of them will have to be sacrificed in order to prevent world doom. Facing resistance... They tie up the couple and try to convince them to believe in their vision before a plague is released on the world. When I saw the trailer for this, I predicted that this would be a see it. And I give this film a... (laughs) See it! Shyamalan's films have often been criticized for being lazy and disappointing. When he's good, he's really good, and when he's off, he's really off. Fortunately, this film, at just over an hour and a half, plays really suspensefully and had me engaged throughout. Bautista is so good here. His high school teacher is a portrayal of compassion and ferocity that he handles with a delicate balance. The rest of the cast is very good as well, and watching it, I was on the edge of who to believe and whether or not the sacrifice was going to be made. Shyamalan often does not stick the landing in his films, most recently with the film Old, which went completely off the rails in the final act. Um, But here, everything works. Apparently, this is based off of a novel, and the ending has been changed, so I'll have to look into that to see how it ends in the book. But the film's ending worked for me. If you are looking for a suspenseful time at the movies, this one may be for you. When Jennifer Lopez and Josh Duhamel take a trip down the aisle, it turns into an event they won't soon forget. This is Shotgun Wedding. Honey, maybe we should just call it a night. You go ahead. I gotta finish these centerpieces and rearrange the seating chart. Yes. Hello? Mom, now is not the time. I just want to ask, is that genetics or is it like Pilates? Pilates? We got you a gift. It's your something borrowed. Brings you good luck. Except for Uncle Greg, who ended up decapitated on that forklift. But that's not the Knives' fault. Uh-huh. Oh, someone just <laughs> left it in the bathroom. The film opens with the bride-to-be, Darcy, played by Lopez, attending her rehearsal dinner and looking for her groom, Tom, played by Dumel, who is off setting up a surprise for their wedding day. We meet her estranged parents, Renata and Robert, played by Sonia Braga and Cheech Marin, who are trying to be civil with each other despite Robert bringing his much younger girlfriend Harriet, played by Darcy Carden, formerly of the great show The Good Place, remember her? Also, there are Tom's parents, Carol and Larry, played by Emmy winner Jennifer Coolidge and Steve Coulter. All is going according to plan, with Tom being referred to as a groomzilla, Well, that is until Darcy's ex-boyfriend, Sean, played by Lenny Kravitz, arrives at the request of Darcy's father, creating a lot of tension in the air. When the wedding day arrives, guests begin arriving at the tiny island in the Philippines. Also arriving are a band of pirates who are hell-bent on ruining the day in an attempt to extort Darcy's wealthy father. Can Darcy and Tom save both their wedding day as well as their guests' lives? When I saw the trailer for this, I predicted this would be a shove it, and I give this film a see it. (laughs) I really thought this was going to be worse than what it was. Now, it isn't something that will be in the conversation for awards consideration at the end of the year, but it sure was fun. It worked more than it didn't. I found the story to be briskly paced. Lopez is charming as always, and Dumel is a great comedic partner with her. You know, never mind that the script seems to be written for people much younger than these two actors, but it really does work. The biggest surprise for me was that Jennifer Coolidge did not irritate me as much as she has been doing lately. She was very funny and had a nice supporting role in this. Maybe a little of her goes a long way with me. And I feel a little bad saying that, because she seems like a perfectly nice woman, so maybe I've just been saturated with her these past two years. Who knows? But anyway, here she was great. If you are looking for a romantic comedy in the vein of Romancing the Stone or last year's The Lost City with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum, this should satisfy you. That's it for this week's featured films. To recap... 80 for Brady is in theaters now, and it was a very pleasant surprise, and is a see-it. Knock at the Cabin is in theaters now, and is a see-it, and is also my pick of the week. And Shotgun Wedding is streaming now on Amazon Prime, and is a see-it. <sighs> now, on to my brief take on some additional movies I've watched in my segment, Quick Picks. Uh. In the film, Maybe I Do, Oscar winners Diane Keaton and Susan Sarandon are joined by Oscar-nominated actor William H. Macy, as well as Richard Gere and Emma Roberts in a film about affairs gone wrong. It's not very funny and very cliched. Um, And I was offended by the insinuation that going to the movies alone is cause for a mental breakdown. I do that all the time, and I love it. Anyway... This is in theaters now and is a shove-it. Rob Lowe stars in Netflix's recent release, Dog Gone, about a family searching for a lost dog. Yeah, it was just okay, and in the end I don't think I'd watch it again, so I'm going to give that one a shove-it too. Let's move on to my segment where I share where you can find some of the films I've enjoyed within the last year that are now available for home viewing. This is now streaming... Spoiler Alert is an emotional, yet funny, true story of a couple who go through a medical crisis. I cried like a baby when I saw it in theaters. I hadn't cried like that in a theater since right after my dog died in January. And that really wasn't the movie that made me cry. I was just so upset that I lost my girl. Anyway, Spoiler Alert is now streaming on Peacock, and you can hear my full review on episode 48. Now it's time for my segment where I look at films from the past. This is Be Kind, Rewind. Continuing on my series where I take the 52-week movie challenge, this week's topic was early films of actors and actresses. The selection was Primal Fear with Edward Norton, The Princess Diaries with Anne Hathaway, Jungle Fever with Halle Berry, and A Nightmare on Elm Street with Johnny Depp, all of whom were in their first film roles. I put it up for a vote on Instagram, and the winning choice was The Princess Diaries. Mia Thermopolis had it all, but only in her dreams. As always, this is as good as it's gonna get. Her real life was completely ordinary. You're way tense. But now, something's about to happen. Your grandmother called. This is the first time she's ever contacted us, What you want. That will change everything. I am Queen of Genovia. And you are Princess. Shut up! Released on August 3rd, 2001, The Princess Diaries stars Julie Andrews as Queen Clarice and a then-unknown Anne Hathaway in her debut film as Mia Thermopolis. The Gary Marshall-directed movie tells the tale of Mia, a nerdy, unpopular high school student living in San Francisco with her single mother. One day, Mia's estranged grandmother, Clarice, informs her that she is the sole heir to the kingdom of Genovia. Clarice has her work cut out for her as she is intent on making her granddaughter the rightful and refined princess she needs to be by enrolling her in princess lessons. The film takes audiences on a journey reminiscent of The Ugly Duckling as Mia becomes the Princess of Genovia. The film was an unexpected success, grossing more than $165 million at the box office and spawning a successful sequel three years later, and making a star out of Anne Hathaway, who would go on to star in such films as The Devil Wears Prada, Brokeback Mountain, and Bride Wars. She earned her first Oscar nomination in 2009 for her lead role in the gritty Rachel Getting Married, and winning in 2013 for her supporting turn in the big-screen adaptation of the hit musical Les Miserables. If you'd like to go down memory lane and re-watch The Princess Diaries, it is available for streaming on Disney+. Plus. Next week's Be Kind Rewind topic is a film with subtitles. Come to my Instagram later this week to vote on which of my choices I should focus on, and the post with the most likes will be the one that I choose. Now it's time to move on to Binge It or Singe It. With director M. Night Shyamalan being a part of our featured movies this week, I figured for Binge It or Singit I'd focus on his super spooky Apple TV Plus series, Servant. <laughs> Where did you find her? She is wonderful with Jericho. And if my baby trusts her, so do I. How much did those boys tell you about what happened? What if she wakes up? What if she remembers? Set in Philadelphia, Dorothy and Sean Turner are reeling from the unexpected death of their newborn son, Jericho, who died at only 13 weeks old. The couple is played by Six Feet Under alum Lauren Ambrose and Toby Cabell, whom you may recognize from Kong Skull Island. As part of therapy, the couple use a lifelike reborn doll to temper the psychotic breakdowns that Dorothy seems to suffer. However, Dorothy believes the doll to be real and treats it as such, which leads her to hire a nanny named Leanne Grayson, played by Nell Tiger Free. Leanne moves in with the couple and strange things begin happening in their home. Also featuring Harry Potter's Ron Weasley, who was also in Knock at the Cabin, so apparently M. Night Shyamalan likes working with him, Rupert Grint stars as Dorothy's shady brother. The series is now in its fourth and final season on Apple TV+. I watched the first season when it was released in 2019, and then I stepped away from it for quite a while until very recently when I binged the second and third in one weekend. I don't know why it took me so long to get back to it, but I did, and I'm glad I did. It is really addictive when you start getting into it. It took a while for me to return to it, but... Once I did, I got psyched for the final season, which I will dig into once all the episodes are available. The thing I like best about this show is that the episodes are nice and short at about 30 minutes each, which makes the suspense tight and creepy and doesn't give the writers the ability to go off a cliff too often. I do definitely give this one a binge it. It is time for me to wrap up this episode of See it or Shove It. I continue to be grateful for the time you spend with me each week. Thank you for lending me your ears. Support your local theaters by going to see some of the movies I reviewed this month. And while you're at it, share my podcast with your movie and TV-loving friends and family. Don't forget, you can now drop me a line at seeitorshoveit at gmail.com and let me know if you have any ideas or suggestions. Follow me on Instagram at seeitorshoveit and rate me wherever you get your podcast. Come back and join me again next week to hear my thoughts on Magic Mike's Last Dance and the animated comedy The Amazing Maurice. Have a great week, everyone. This episode of See It or Shove It was recorded in Orlando, Florida and is produced by Gregory G. Productions. Music by Mysterio Music. All rights reserved.